Want to read the free newsletter other trading professionals rely on? Register on tradinggame.com.au to get your monthly fix. And, and I realize I've been really, really, really good at making money, but I have not been really, really good at building real significant major wealth. And that's because I've remained too liquid. Hi, this is Caroline Stephen, and this is Talking Trading. With the benefit of hindsight, what does a market wizard say about their career? Well, on today's episode, trading giant Peter L. Brandt divulges on the things he's done well and the things he wishes he had have done earlier. Peter has been a futures and an FX trader since 1979, and he's recently just been made an official market wizard by Jack Schwager. And thankfully for us, Peter has no problem sharing what he learned the hard way over his long and illustrious career. Peter's now winding down, spending his time between the desert in Arizona and Minnesota. And so we're very lucky to have his company today. But first on today's show, let's hear an inspirational tip from the inspirational best-selling author, Louise Bedford. And then we'll resume Peter Brandt's interview. There's an old adage. It says, let me fall if I must fall. The one I become will catch me. Isn't that beautiful? It's showing that you can grow into the person who can save the current you. Anything that you can do to encourage that growth mindset, that huge advantage that you have of being able to visualize your future, that is what you must harness. And that's what it takes to become an exceptional trader. And now let's go back to part two of our interview with market wizard, Peter L. Brandt. Do you still know your trading plan better than you know your own wife of 40 years? Well, she'd probably say that. But how well do you ever know a woman? <laughs> I mean, you think markets are unpredictable? You know, I've known a lot of really good traders in my life. And I think that there is this misconception by, you know, and I love the fact that we've got a lot of the, the younger generations are coming in and embracing trading. I, I think that, that that is so encouraging. I love that. That's nice. But I think they have a misconception that, you know, traders, they've got 10 screens on their walls and they're shouting and yelling. I, I've visited my friends throughout the world who are good traders and you go into their office, you think you're in visiting an undertaker. Uh, I, there, there's not a lot of pizzazz that takes place, right? I mean, I, I think that there's not shouting. Most of the really good traders I know they don't want to have big emotional ups and downs. They don't want to get excited about trades. You know, they don't want to get excited about winners and they don't want to get bummed out about losers. They, they want to be on a steady keel. They want to be in a comfortable place. They want to be emotionally neutral. They, they don't want a lot of yelping and screaming and hollering and way to go and high five. And it's not the world they want to live in. 
because mm. I, they know that's not a world that you can maintain. You can't maintain that world. You're very close to a lot of the market wizards, aren't you? Yeah, I, I am. And, you know, it's, it's really, it's really cool to be, we try to get together for a union every few years. There's a number of us that try to get together. The last time we got together was in Colorado Springs, I think in, uh, probably 2015. And it's fun being with them because we don't really talk about markets. You know, we, we talk about other stuff. And, you know, seldom will you, well, what, how do you get your buy signal? Do you use indicators? And well, you never hear them talking about that, right? It's like, how do you tell your wife she can't have a budget? <laughs> That's unfair. Oh, but, you know, you bring that up to traders and they'll all resonate with that because they know exactly what that's like is I'm, how do I know what I'm going to, how I'm going to do this month, right? Yeah. Or how do you, you know, what do you do to burn off? You know, what do you do when you feel like you're in emotionally down? How do you get back up? And, you know, how do you survive the down times? What do you do when you're emotionally down? How do you get yourself back up? Well, I don't want to get emotionally down. I I mean, I really try not to. I, I really spend energy actually not to. I'd rather spend energy not to get emotionally down than have to spend the energy to get out of a hole. You, you know, Caroline, everyone talks about drawdowns. You know, I've, I've dropped 30% of my account. But what about emotional drawdowns? Emotional drawdowns are a lot more severe or can be mm. than, than asset drawdowns. You, you, you can have an emotional drawdown and it, it can be, it, it can kill, it can kill, it, it's killed a lot of trading careers because people haven't figured out how to get back out of that. And, you know, I, I think you gotta, for one thing, you just have to recognize that as a trader, you, you, you need to protect your assets. If you can keep your assets together, if you can keep your capital somewhat together, you know, you can survive just about anything and eventually you'll figure out a way out of, out of it, right? I mean, if, if you just, it, when you start taking big losses, that's then when you've taken a big losses and you've had an emotional drawdown, then that's really not a very good place to be. You you can get bummed out about bad trading, but if your capital is still intact, you know, eventually you'll find a solution. You know, eventually you'll try to, you've bought time to try to figure out how, how to resolve it. What's been one of the worst mistakes you've made? I focused uh, you know, I'm of the age where it's easy to look back and, you know, Monday morning quarterback your life, right? I mean, I mean, and so at my age, you don't just Monday morning quarterback your last trade, you Monday morning quarterback your whole life. And, and I realize I've been really, really, really good at making money, but I have not been really, really good at building real significant major wealth. And that's because I've remained too liquid. You know, so my biggest position over the years had been long dollars. In other words, long a depreciating asset. And so you may end up the year, you know, over over time, the U.S. all fiat currencies lose. So I wish that I had spun off more money on an ongoing basis and either put it into quality blue chip stocks on a regular investment basis. Right. Every month, 
move money into quality blue chips um, or even SPY, you know, buy SPY or buy QQQ or, uh, or, or into income producing real, real estate. And, and, and so, you know, if I could roll back the clock, uh, you know, I would have, I would have put my money in a better position to earn money for me. And so the day would come when I wouldn't have to always trade to generate cash flow. That cash flow would be provided for me because uh, I, I haven't accumulated this big pot of money. Instead, I've moved money into assets that would benefit me without me having to turn on my computer to have it happen. What's your advice to novice traders? Don't trade. <laughs> uh, don't be anxious to think that you're going to quit your day job. If you never quit your day job, uh, I think if you can, if you know, if you can have steady income, don't be antsy to become a trader. Uh, let that happen organically. Don't, you know, don't resign from your job and think you're going to do 200% of your uh, uh, trading uh, trading stocks or trading crypto. Instead, keep your job and learn how to trade in your spare time. Uh, and um, in, in, I would say if you're young and you can put money away, you put money away. You know, you, you spin off, set, let's say, 70% of your money into uh, quality stocks. You know, at the S&P, SPY, I think, is, is a good place to put money uh, and put 30% of your money into Bitcoin. And you just do it on a regular basis. And meanwhile, you know, learn to trade and don't even think about, you know, uh, uh, creating a big trading account until you've made money with a smaller amount of money. You, you know, I can't tell you, Carolyn, the number of people that I have heard from that quit their job thinking that they're going to make their living trading. And when I really dig down into that, they haven't had a profitable year yet. Uh, and I just find that absolutely unbelievable. I mean, for me, that that is just, that's insane. And so I tell people, even if you want to be a full-time trader and you want to see if you can take your you know, take a, a crack at, at, at making it as a trader, I would say, if not all the money in your account represents profits you've already taken out of the market, forget it. Uh, it, 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 it. If you can't live through the markets having lost money for the first year or two years, then don't do it. And if you don't have enough money saved in the bank to pay for all of your living expenses separate from what's in your account, then don't do it. Uh, because I find people that feel like they got to make money. They quit their job. Now they have to make money in the markets. Not only that, they're, they're depending on the fact they're going to make 200% a year to cover their bills. I don't know where people get this reasoning, but it's just to me insane. And so I, I, I think trading is an exciting thing. I always encourage people to be to trade. I think trading is a wonderful thing to do. But I think that it, it, it must be done after one knows that one can be successful at it. Don't stake your life and your job and everything, all, all your wealth on trading. 
if you know if you know that what you're doing is not making money and i i just hear about this all the time people just quit their jobs and they you know they they match out their student debt thinking they're going to trade crypto and make their living trading crypto that to me is just doesn't make sense what's the one thing you wish you had have known when you started your career um the the one thing that I didn't uh, I didn't I don't I underestimated is the amount of deterioration in buying power fiat currencies would have. Yes. Uh, I I think I put way too much faith on the fact that you've got money in the bank and that and that because that money is in currencies and that just erodes over time. It's not noticeable from year to year, although I think most people have realized inflation in a lot of areas this year that they haven't necessarily in the last few years. But, you know, that's one of those compounding things, right? I I don't think I understood the power of compounding because compounding can benefit you if you're constantly putting money into high grade uh, uh, equities. Uh, but compounding also works against you when you're talking about the, 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 the compounded nature of the deterioration of fiat currencies. Uh, I, I, I really did. I don't think I, I really underappreciated how damaging it is to keep money in fiat currencies. They, you should not measure your wealth based on in, measured in fiat currency terms. Measure it based on ounces of gold or bitcoins or acres of land or apartment buildings you own or that sort of thing. Peter, what does freedom look like for you? Oh, wow. Uh, I think uh, freedom for me is the fact that I'm going to be myself and people are either going to like it or they're not going to like it. So tough luck. Yeah, that, 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 that's one aspect of freedom. I, I don't have to, uh, I, I don't have to impress anyone. Uh, I don't even have to think twice about it. Uh, I'm just going to be what I'm going to be. And yeah, that, 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 that's the way it is. I think freedom for me, uh, I, I think is a sense to realize there's not much left on my bucket list I need to cross off and what I need to cross off is really not that important. And, uh, you know, I've accomplished what, you know, what I'd like to do. And, you know, I, I mean, I've talked to my family about this. I, you know, yeah, COVID's a serious deal, but, you know, people talk about that. If I, that miserable way to die, yeah. but I'm not, as, I'm not afraid of death. I, I'm, I, it freaks me out the process of having a, a, a you know, a, an excruciating way to die. That, but it's death, death itself. That, that doesn't phase me at all. And so, in that, there's freedom, right? There's freedom in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not something I'm going to worry about, you know. And uh, so, I guess for me, that would be that would be freedom. Well, I wanted to go to Australia. That's that's not going to happen. I really want to take my wife to Paris because Paris is such an enchanting city, and I don't think that's going to really happen. I'd like to take my grandkids to Disney if it ever reopens. Uh, And they're now getting of the age where I can start doing that. That, That's really 
what I that's uh, that's really what I want to be able to do is is be able to take my grandkids on on their own, just grandpa and my grandkids. I'd like to take them to Disney or take them on a trip, take them on a cruise if cruise lines ever start opening again. What advice would you give your grandchildren about life or about money? What would you say to them? Find a job that you enjoy doing. Uh, I mean, life's too short to, to do something that's drudge, drudgery to you. Um, really find find a job that 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 you can have passion for, and you know, see if you can figure out a make a way to make a living doing something you're passionate about. That that to me is. Um, I think a lot of people spend their whole life doing something that's drudgery for them. You've been passionate about the markets your whole life? I have been. Uh, I've really enjoyed trading. Trading to me has been an extremely exciting, it's been a challenge. It's an intellectual challenge. I mean, it's a challenge in every regard. Uh, You know, because, you know, there, there's an old saying that's so true. If you want to know yourself, really know yourself. You're good, you're bad, you're ugly. Become a trader. Uh, you know, some people think that oh, if I can only figure out a way to, to, to know when to buy or sell what, that that's the challenge of trading. And that's not the challenge of trading. The challenge of trading is know yourself. Be honest with yourself. Know what you know, inner demons you have that are conspire against you that are out to sabotage your success. And how do you manage that? So you got to really know yourself. You got to know what you're good at. You got to know what you're not so good at. You got to figure out what strengths to play to, what weaknesses to kind of counteract. And so the challenge of trading is really almost a matter of you trying to figure out a way to beat yourself. And, and not the markets, because you have to figure out a way th- that you can use the things you're good at and counteract the things you're bad at and, and, and manage your emotions and manage your intellect and manage how you think and find a way that that will be compatible with the whole business of market speculation. And, um, you know, there are some people that unfortunately they've got their character nature is not, they really shouldn't be trading because they have certain aspects of their character nature which are completely incompatible with being a market speculator. But, you know, that's that's part of speculating is to figure out whether that's true or not. I know people who I give credit to because they finally said, I can't trade. It's not who I am. And I'm not going to bash my head against the wall trying to overcome the fact that constitutionally I'm not, I'm not, uh, that's not who I am. That's when you try to find people to give your money to and let them do it for you. But yeah, I'm, I'm really kind of slowing up. I, you know, I really see that I've only got a certain number of years left and, um, you know, like I said, I, I, I really, my, my grandkids, my grandkids are getting to the age where I really enjoy being around them. I am not a very good grandpa to little kids. Uh, and I will admit that I, the, these little terrorists and I don't get along, but when they start hitting 
their teen years, I really do enjoy being around them and I really want to be around them more. And that's a small window between the time that I enjoy being around them and the time that they're off to college and don't want anything to do with me anymore. And so, you know, I want to be able to take advantage of that, spend more time and spend more time too. And that's why we moved to Minnesota and Arizona is to be around my kids and try to help them with their kids is be available to my kids to pick up kids from grade school and run and get some groceries if they're out of groceries and do things like that. And so, you know, I'm trying to make myself more available for my own children as well as my grandchildren. Peter L. Brandt, people can find you on Twitter. Is there anywhere else they can find you? That's about the only place they can find me. Thanks, Caroline. And I hope maybe someday they even come to Sydney. We'll see you later, my friend. And stay tuned next week to hear from the effervescent trading coach, Gul Khan. I'm Caroline Stephen. Happy trading for this week. As always, if you like this show, please be sure to tell a friend. You can also subscribe on Apple Podcast and make sure you give us a big fat five-star review. You'll also notice that Talking Trading doesn't use sponsors and barely advertisers. This is because Chris Tate and Louise Bedford fund this show from tradinggame.com.au. If you'd like to get Louise's five-part free e-course, register at tradinggame.com.au. So until next week, happy trading. The views represented on Talking Trading are generally nature and do not take into account your objectives, financial situation or needs. Before acting on any of the information, consider its appropriateness in regards to your own situation.